It's the moment you've been waiting for, the main event. Put your pods together, your speakers on high for EWW. Welcome to Entertaining with Wrestling's podcast and today is a very historical day. Today we've got the extremely talented and this is our first ever wrestler we've got on the podcast, Neil the Frill Harper, an American wrestler destined for greatness. So if you're listening to this via Spotify, then be sure to check us out on YouTube at Entertaining with Wrestling because we're going to include clips of Neil's in-ring matches and they're tremendous. They're really, really good. So first things first, thank you so much for joining us, Neil. And how are you today? Oh, man, I'm doing swell. This is a wonderful day for me. I'm actually, uh, today I'm getting in a new ring north of Sacramento in Yuba City, uh, with how you see with what's going on in America and just how the last year was, it was uh, hard to get in any wrestling ring. So right now, just how everything's opening back up slowly but surely and getting in there and getting around uh, today is better than others, let me tell you. So I bet you're excited for that. How, how long has it been since, since you've been in the squared circle? Or have you still been training? Well, I've actually still been training down here in Reno, Nevada. Uh, I have a wrestling ring that I run around in and run the ropes and stretch stretch out in. Uh, I have a trainer, uh, Brian Bridger, that uh, he was in the WWF in the 90s. He's trained people like Brutal Bob Evans, the Reno Scum, El Chupacabra, Mustafa from ECW. But uh, I, I work I work out with him. But it's been a long time, man. The last time uh, I actually had a match December 13th. I had to film a match here uh, with a student from Reno. But uh, the last time I performed in front of a crowd was February of 2020. And that was uh, down there in Oakland for uh, Stoner Youth. So that's nearly a full year ago. I bet I bet you're missing it. Like, I, I'm missing going to live events. I'm missing seeing people like yourself perform. What got you into wrestling? What made you want to be a wrestler? Ah, uh, see, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a cool question. See, when I was a kid, man... Uh, I just, you know, at a young age, I didn't really watch wrestling. My brothers, they were big uh, in it. I remember being a little kid and I was watching them watch Mankind get thrown off the cell. I remember all their friends would be over watching pay-per-views. But I was a kid watching Nickelodeon. I was a kid watching, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I was watching scary movies and stuff. I didn't really get into wrestling, man, until uh, I vaguely remember Eddie Guerrero beating up Eugene on SmackDown. I like how I can remember that, but it was, uh, <laughs> nice. it was the Austin homecoming. It was the Raw homecoming. That was my first Monday Night Raw, and it was just a bug that uh, I couldn't really, you know, get get off of me. It was it was. Uh, I'd go to school the next day. I'd talk to everybody about wrestling, or you know what, everybody was calling me a wrestler, and uh, yeah, you just you knew. I knew right then what I wanted to chase. I remember your first ever training session for when you when you first ever like thought, do you know what? I'm gonna give this a try. I'm gonna see see if I can do this wrestling stuff. Can you remember your first ever session? What you had? Oh yeah, totally. Now when, when I was a kid, I loved Saturday Night Live. I loved uh, you know Adam Sandler movies. You could always watch me finding something funny. But then when uh, wrestling came about, it was the perfect mix of just acting, sports, yeah, being a or being a character, you know, the lights, the pageantry, 
like, man, that stuff right there, it just kind of catches you. My first training session, uh, so I never hopped in a wrestling ring. I was an amateur wrestler back in Georgia, but when I moved up north into Massachusetts, uh, my first ever wrestling ring I got into was at a gym in Fall River, Massachusetts, uh, called Big Time, yeah, I believe it was Big Time uh, Academy, ran by Spike Dudley, and uh, the trainer was Ryan Waters there, and I cut a promo on Craig Costa, and I was about 19 or 20, and I started jumping off the top rope barefoot, just loving being in the wrestling ring, just start, started learning there, and I did some more training around New England, I did some uh, hopping in rings here and there, but uh, that was that was my first ever training session. Did you wake up the day after feeling like you got hit by a train? Was your body aching everywhere? And for people who's wanting to get into wrestling training but they don't know what it entails, could you give them a bit of a description about like what the sessions are like and whatnot? If if, if anybody out there is wanting to uh, go to wrestling school or thinking about being a wrestler, this is. It wasn't the jumping off the top rope at 19 because, you know, when you're a teenager, you can go to work the next day and not feel anything. You're kind of bulletproof. It was really getting into getting into school, going to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, going consistently and doing drills. That was when it really started to because at first when you're hitting the ropes, you know, you run the ropes like your rhino. You hit them really hard. And you got to learn your cadence. And when you start to get the endurance, you start getting more conditioning, you start taking more bumps. Uh, I'll tell you what, one day I remember having Matt Taven when he was a uh, New Japan pro wrestling tag team champs with Mike Bennett at a time with the kingdom. He was uh, looking around after practice and uh, after practice, I asked him if he could work with me. And all we did was arm drags. We just did duck one and arm drag. And uh, I tell you what, eight or nine of those, and with an elite person like that, and you're going to work the next day, yeah, you can feel it in the ankle. <laughs> so when you had your first ever match, what was going in your head when you were going through the curtain, out to perform for the first ever time? What what was going through your head? Were you nervous? Did you think, yeah, I've got this in the bag? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, you knew you were ready for it. The first time I ever hit a curtain, uh, I was actually a peacock slave for Dalton Castle there in Northeast Wrestling in uh, Connecticut. So that was cool to kind of like be a character, be a valet, kind of get the, uh, I guess, nervousness out of walking through a curtain, especially when it came to a professional wrestling uh, show. And at that time, there was a lot of people that probably should have been in that boat. I, I was uh, fortunate enough to get that uh, spot. But uh, when when you try to be an actor all throughout your life, when you, you know, I did a spring concert when I was in high school, you kind of learn to play under the lights as a football player. You, you're ready for that spotlight. You're ready for that moment. You're ready to be back to where people can look at you. So uh, you're more hungry than you are scared. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way I tried, that's the way I tried to look at it. But it was a uh, 420. 2019 that was the first time I hit a curtain as a wrestler and it was uh blackjack bedlam that was the show that uh powerhouse Will Hobbs out of AEW he was defending the AE APW internet title in the very first nice. match night nice. and, and and that's that's another cool thing man it's just going along the journey going from uh 
2013 to now, going from up and down the coastlines of both sides of the country. And, you know, if you don't travel, you only, you only see one page. And to rub elbows with people like Ricky Steamboat, the Hardy Boys, get to talk to Booker T, get to have drills with Christian Casanova, you know, work with Flip Gordon, do things with Dijak, stuff like that. It, it, uh, you know, have, have advice from people like Taven and Warbeard Hanson and uh, people like that. It, it, it really, it really uh, put things together for me because I'd never watched the Indies. When I was 18, 19, I didn't know anything about the Indies. And then I start becoming a truck driver in Massachusetts trying to pay my rent and I get a PWI from the grocery store and I open it up and 10, 11 of these wrestlers on the list here, you know, I'm hanging out with on the weekends, chilling at the Marriott. So it really uh, blew my mind how small of a world, it, you know, you over there being across the pond, it, it, it's, it's really a small world, man. But uh, my, that first match to walk out, feeling all those emotions, how I tried to bring that out uh it was a royal rumble like match like i said it was a blackjack bedlam and that was one of the last entrants so when you see everybody run out you see all your peers run out you see all these uh performers from around the north cal from the nevada from the socal scene and then you're one of the late entrants uh when the crowd started chanting you could hear the crowd out there uh chant down from 10 around four to three you kind of like fully got that shield of like okay now it's time to be Neil the thrill and when you hit that curtain you see the lights make the run to the ring and it, uh it's an adrenaline it's, it's yeah like a, it's like uh I guess since I'm in Nevada right now I'd compare it to a poker player you know getting a nice hand on the table or something like that it's it's, it's, a, it's a weird adrenaline what's the process of when you plan a match now, a lot of wrestling fans don't know, like, the science behind it, and they don't know how much hard work people put in just to make sure that runs smooth. So have you got any secrets on how people plan matches? Like, do you call it on the fly? Is it well rehearsed? Well, see, and once again, that's, that's so dynamic with wrestling and how subjective it is. I've had one year of matches, and I've done maybe about 11 to 12, maybe 13, and uh, all of the matches have been different every time. Sometimes they're on the fly. Sometimes you call them ahead of time. Sometimes you might predetermine them two, three weeks ahead of time. You can have a lot of time to go over the match with someone. But that's uh, if you're if you're asking me which one do I like more, it's cool when you have enough time to work with somebody and get down uh certain spots and certain matches that you want uh tip for tat really nice but i like it when you get to the place they tell you that you're in a match you're in a multi-man match you're in some type of weird stipulation match and there's nobody calling anything just everybody's kind of looking around everybody's waiting to go out into the ring and call it out there because it's so much of a shit show you don't mind uh nah that's cool it's cool you can say whatever you like on this show bro cool cool but it's uh yeah that's so call it on the fly it's so old school it's so that so much of a lost art today with how everybody's just wanting clicks and wanting the cool uh coast to coast and they're just trying to do 
certain things to, I guess, uh, try to clone what they see on TV, try to clone what yeah. they see on the computer. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good feeling knowing when you do something right and you tell a wrestler, Hey, do this to me. Hey, give this to me. Hey, I'll do this. I'll do that. And it, and you feel it from the crowd. It actually works. And then these guys over here that's been thinking all day and panting. And then when they do their thing, it's, you know, no reaction. So you really want to keep your head on a swivel. What's your training schedule like? So what's your training schedule like for the in-ring and then the gym also? So like, are you slugging it, lifting weights for like two hours, then your in-ring training for two hours? Like, tell us a bit about your training schedule. Well, see, right now it's uh, 6.18 uh, here in uh, Pacific Coast time. And you've seen all the crazy, rigorous uh, schedules all athletes, all performers have. Uh, it's been tough, man. Since I've graduated high school and tried to pursue this, I've had more odd jobs than uh, I would want. And uh, to have to go to the gym, maybe before the before you go to work, maybe after you go to work, uh, you still have to go to training. You have to throw that in there. Uh, what, what I like is I'm constantly moving. So I, I would definitely tell that to someone. You don't need to be, uh, I know I know it's now everything's convenience over experience. Uh, everyone wants the Wi-Fi job. Everyone wants to be very uh, comfortable and content. But when I'm moving around, when I'm throwing boxes, when I'm in trucks, when I'm constantly uh, doing labor, when I'm going, doing hard work, going to the gym, keeping a sweat, it's eating right and cardio. That's the true key. Uh, if I do have enough time to do anything to where it's uh, helping myself, it's trying to keep a nice diet and cardio. I would go out and walk a track, run, run. When you go to the gym, constantly be on the Stairmaster. You've heard the stories of Ric Flair. So you always want to know that you can go. I don't want to ever get blown up in that ring, which can you know easily happen. Yeah, I love that dedication. Have you got a favorite pre-match meal? Like, have you got us a, a favorite one where you always, always have uh, anything, anything there? Uh, maybe a Snickers and a Red Bull, if I'm <laughs> being honest. But uh, you know, I like a nice lean meal. You know, I want to yeah. eat lean the, the night the night before, so it might just be maybe a, a lot of asparagus and. Some chicken with, you know, just a little bit of uh, uh. No, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not really a potatoes guy, so I'm really just gonna stick it to the chicken and asparagus right now. That's Give it a little nice. seasoning, and that's really a go-to. But uh, it's nice whenever you can get some. You know, when, when I was in New England, chicken parm, that was nice. You know, I was getting introduced to Dunkin' Donuts. I was getting introduced to all that stuff, coffee. <laughs> You know, you're a young kid. It was cool to see all that stuff, but uh, yeah, you learn real fast. Like, whoa, you know, you gotta turn milk into almond milk. You gotta turn uh, this cheese into that cheese. You gotta turn uh, this into that. You gotta keep your pantry now full of supplements rather than what you were as a teenager. Because to be honest, man, I was a three-year letterman, and 
I did that off a of Red Baron pizza and burrito. <laughs> I didn't, you know, you know, my, my coaches were always like, Neil, you, you got athleticism, but you don't look like an athlete. And uh, man, is that a big, these guys out here that do gymnastics, that do extracurricular activities other than sports and things like that as a kid, they have a huge advantage when yeah. it comes to things like doing performance and stuff like that. I'm super happy I'm not one of the, you know, college athletes that are coming out of college or somebody that's falling out of something to be a wrestler because uh, just like I said, old school wrestling back in the day, that's not how it was, you know. There, there's people out here going up and down the road, not not tweeting about it. I've gone cross country three times and that's the way a lot of those cats did it back in the day. And that's how you get your name out there. That's how you really master your craft, man. Just it, I wish the UK didn't shut down as fast as it did when, when all this happened last year, because man, how the UK was flourishing and booming with professional wrestling. They were wanting American wrestlers left and right. I was seeing new, new promotions open. I was seeing new championships being made and all of that, you know, got put to a halt, man. So, uh, I hope the best for over there, just like I hope the best for over here, especially on the West Coast and uh, everywhere around the world. Yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy with this whole coronavirus. Like a lot of people in England, I've had people messaging me saying, "Do you know anywhere in England where I can train?" And I've tried to get in touch with these places, and they're just saying we we can't open. Like with with the lockdown rules in England, like you can only meet one person outdoors, so they can't really do no group training, and it's halted a lot a lot of people's process who like itself just trying to get there. What's been your favorite match you've had up to now? Mm, that's a nice one. Uh, I've, 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 I've seen more matches that I've personally liked probably than I've had just because, man, see, that's, that's something you can't take away either. There's a lot of things, you know, that you, that you miss when you don't go to college. There's a lot of things you miss when you have a passion and when you have something like professional wrestling in your brain, on your mind, but to go around the country to see certain street fights, to see certain matches to see certain uh all kind of matches that you wouldn't see and to see them you know the first person I ever gave shoulder tackle to was Tommaso Ciampa and to see people like I remember Hanson and Taven having a street fight I remember my uh roommate at the time Jimmy Preston that has me in the from average to absolute savage there on the thrill ride him, him having a baller match with Matt Taven one one night uh, for Northeast Wrestling there was a lot of cool uh stuff and even when I came out here uh when I went when down south there was a couple of barns there was a couple of sheds uh with some WCW wrestlers that I, I, I body slammed around and uh went around but it was nothing really serious you know it was it was more like my home I would always just cash there and go there to regroup I'd never really wanted to uh make it in in Georgia make it in Atlanta even though I knew Mr. Hughes school was about an hour and a half away and all that stuff I'm closer closer to Auburn, Alabama, but when you travel cross-country three times and you see all these shows going down, and when you get to the West Coast, uh, I went to Vegas for five days. So, uh, last year, I shook hands with Darby Allen, got to chill with the Rascals. Nice, nice. Got to, uh, yeah, I got to uh, see uh, his girlfriend at the time, uh, the one that had that infamous uh, tampon spot. I was there that night. Uh, I can't rem 
you, there, there, there's so many people, you know, that you meet on TV and uh, so many people you meet before TV, it starts to just warp your mind like, wow, how small of a world it is. Yeah, definitely. Me thinking right now, just walking around Samstown and seeing one of the Briscoe brothers say, what's up to you? And you just, <laughs> you, you know, that as you know you're in the right place when you're doing things like that. Uh, me not knowing a lot of New Japan and walking around Caesar's Palace till five in the morning with Shibata, one of the uh, most cherished wrestlers over there and a huge high profile that I, I learned about. He, he runs the LA Dojo for New Japan. Uh, to have him chopping you around till five in the morning and him putting his arm around you saying, you, you good hot, you, you, you train very hard, you, you, you could possibly come down, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, I, I take that very, uh, you know, that, 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 that's why, that's why you, that's why you sacrifice, but to have a, I'm sorry to, man, uh, my favorite match, now, when it comes to favorite match, uh, personally watching, Dude, I'm going to have to go Jericho, HBK, WrestleMania 19. I've seen that one a lot when I was a kid. I had to, I had to rewind that one a lot. But uh, my, I've, I've had a lot of cool matches. I had a triple threat in Fresno. That was really cool. But uh, I'm going to have to go with my singles match. That's my last match, you know. Uh, I was just gaining a little bit of respect. And getting uh, called cool and dope and getting a character built uh, here on the West Coast scene right before the COVID started. And uh, I, was, I had my second singles match, and it was with a wrestler from Rancho Cucamonga. He, he used to go by the name Batman Wells, but he was going by a new uh, character, Thick Martell, a uh, parody off of Rick Martell. But uh, I had a singles match with him, and it was the second time I worked heel. And... Uh, worked about nine or ten minutes and the commentators put me over really hard at the end and uh <clears throat> stuff like that is uh man why i'm just so ready for shows to open back up and with love and opportunity when i was in that th triple threat that i mentioned in fresno when you have the people cheering for you when you go back to the curtain and when you have wrestlers from vegas when you have wrestlers from other places come up to you because they were watching the monitor ready to tell you you know, give give you give you spots, give you pointers, uh, get try to try to try to let you know uh, what you can do better, and seeing that type of uh, love is, uh, you know, it's it, respect doesn't cost one thin dime, and that that's one of those uh, instances right there. Yeah, for real. Who's your favorite wrestler ever? Man, how many times I've been asked that around the circle? Uh, you know, I would give them like a nice top five I, or a top three. Yeah, gears a top gears a top three. You, you you know when I when I when I was when I was a Georgia boy, I loved AJ Styles, so I gotta throw him up there. Uh, I had his best of DVDs, and I was on eBay trying to find his TNA stuff as a young kid. I still got him at my old house in Georgia. Uh, him and D'Lo Brown in, in the asylum, but uh, uh, I might have to go rated at our superstar Edge. You know, Edge and John Cena was probably my my rivalry, my favorite rivalry back in the day. So I'm gonna have to go Edge, 
and uh, and man, Randy Orton's killing it. I love, I like how Kenny Omega's. You know, he, he's probably been my favorite wrestler as of late. John Moxley's cool. I like all the stuff they're doing. Uh, you know, I really like the the grittiness, the realness. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart's up there, but I'm probably go the Rock, man. Can't yeah. can't beat Chris, man. How many times on YouTube you're just surfing, seeing what The Rock did and who The Rock just gave the rub to. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot up there. You know, Rob Van Dam, Hardy, but I had to go three. I'm probably going to go Rock, Edge, and uh, AJ Styles. What's been your favorite ever Rock match since you're saying Rock's number one? I'm going to have to ask you for your favorite Rock match. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. If you want to try to at least make it in this business i guess you oh, you should you should probably watch rock hogan wrestlemania 18 right you you would agree right yeah of course amazing match I mean, that was just it, like two of the big of the biggest of the biggest coming together like you can't, you can't promote two bigger names well in just the build-up just if you, if you watch the show top from bottom if you if, if, if you truly get it you know, some people, I don't know if they really get it when they watch wrestling. And when you look at that Sky Dome and you see how many people's in there and they don't even touch like that, it, it, I guess there's a lot of cool things about wrestling, but that would, that that's one of the epitomes. That's, that's, a, that's a huge, uh, I don't know, epiphany, but that's one of those uh, christening moments, I guess, in pro wrestling. But so I throw that up there, but man, I'm I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mark, man. I like uh, stuff like Rock versus Jeff Hardy on Raw. There, where he's just you know putting over things like how Taker did. Uh, I love uh, what is it? You know anything Rock Austin, Rock Austin nineteen, Rock Austin seventeen. God, uh, but you know, that's. Uh, I really was a fan of Rock Triple H SummerSlam '99 because of how you could tell that there was a competitiveness in them. Yeah, they had that Iron Man match. Yeah, they have a couple cool other long matches, but that ladder match for the Intercontinental Title—that's uh, a pretty cool match there. If you could have one match right against any wrestler and it's any stipulation at any event, what is it going to be? And who is it gonna be? I like it could choose a handicap match. Like if you think that you could get both of them Dudley boys through a table handicap at Mania, you tell me. Man, I, I would I, I would just be honored just to have something like uh hit Bully Ray with a kendo stick <laughs> with Sandman in the ring just to make him quit, just like uh Travis did. But that uh to to have a match, any match that I could have, that match that I had with Dick Martell, it was cool because I got to do some different things that I've never done before and to have a crowd, to have, uh, you know, to be in like a club scene. It's really cool to feel the crowd and, and, and what, you know that they're liking what you're doing and may, being a character of yourself. So, hmm, I could have any match. You know, 
Well, Jungle Boy was just the junior heavyweight champion here before he got picked up. I was about to tell you, I've got you on video, Ian. You've got a look of Jungle Boy. Has anyone ever told you that before? I've been told that a couple times since I've been out here. I guess I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and throw you the doppelgangers. I've been called uh, Matthew Stafford, Jungle Boy. Uh, you've been called uh, Chris Jericho. You got Jeff Jarrett. I've been called Georgia Gold, the Southern Savior. I've been called a lot of things, but I've been called Neil the Thrill even before first. My dad wrote a poem in the newspaper for me. So that's been my nickname in high school and all that stuff. So it's really hard to break that off. But uh, any, you know, uh, it, it, if you want to pick a match, uh, I'd really like to work D Rose around here in the NorCal scene. He he was on he, he made it to the PWI. So if I could have a match with D Rose in the Oakland uh, scene, that would be uh, dope. But since since you're asking me a one on one. I don't know, man. I don't know if you follow Ben Buckcannon, but that's Bull Buckcannon's son, and he's doing big down there in the south. He's te he's teaming with Griff Garrison down there in the Indies in the south, and it'd be cool to uh, lock horns with him. But one match, one stipulation. I'd like to have a match with Cody Rhodes, match with Matt Taven, match with a lot of guys out here on the west coast, but Business only seems right to have a match with the thrill ride Jimmy Preston at a Northeast Wrestling. I don't know if Michael Lombardi uh, is listening, but probably do something, you know, maybe with a ladder, maybe, maybe, maybe six months, maybe seven months, but there's a lot of money, you know. You, you, I tried to never. Uh, burn any bridges and you don't you you know whose asses that you suck up to on the way up because they're, they're the same ones on the way down i'm sure you've heard that term before yeah, for real, for real. and doing all the stuff that i've come around to go back up to northeast wrestling to go back up to chaotic wrestling to do things that uh you've been around man that would be uh pretty awesome I wanted to ask you what your goals were for 2020, but with, with the pandemic, I'm just going to ask you, what is your goals for the future? I'm going to ask this year, but I'm just going to set it for the future. Like, And what, what can people expect from you as well? <clears throat> well, uh, if I didn't, uh, you know, if I, if, if, if I really didn't think that it was not the right time. I probably would have went to Knoxville last year and stopped training in Reno because I got asked to go to the Jacob Pritchard Wrestling Academy for three months. But I love how it's, it, it is flourishing in the States. You got the Nightmare Factory that's booming in Norcross, Georgia. Uh, I know where that is. You got uh, his brother Dustin just picked, uh, started a wrestling academy there below Austin, Texas. That would be really cool to check out. I just want to keep traveling, man, because one minute, just like how I went off saying, oh, it'd be cool to go back to New England. It'd be cool to go back to all the spots that you've seen before uh, on the East. But then you have a second thought. You have a different feeling. And you think, that, you know, five minutes later, you're, oh, man, I, would, I wish things didn't uh, shut down because you want to go to Vancouver. You want to go to Seattle. You want to go to Portland. It was just this 
closer. You'll go to NWA, Arizona, Hollywood, go to the islands, maybe become a character out there, go keep going west, you know, go to Mexico, Canada, uh, England. I, I envy those wrestlers that say they've been over 100 countries, 110 countries, how uh, those guys got to work at showing Barbados uh, earlier last year. I just think some of that stuff is uh, wild, man. What other countries would you like to wrestle in? See, uh, I would love to really just wrestle on the open seas, like just how they were wrestling on a cruise ship. That's cool to me. Yeah, that like the cruise like, at Jericho. I, I wish I could have got to that, man. It's historic, just things like that. But uh, what countries I'd love to wrestle in? Uh, I have a buddy right now in the Netherlands. I think that that would be cool to go to Amsterdam, go to Germany, uh, go hang around the Alps, do some because I've never I've never been out of the mainland. I've never even been to Mexico or Canada, so I would love to check out London. I'd love to check out uh, France. I, I've met one chick from London, and then, you know that I, I I would I would love to just venture out more. I'd love to go see the country. I, uh, if, 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 I, if, I, if I had a week out there, I would just probably get a bicycle and ride around and really soak it in, you know, because that's, I've lived in so many places. You really uh, learn to just kind of, hey, gather what you can, get the information, and uh, just really learn what, what you can about the place. And, uh, man, I would love to do that all around uh, England, uh, India, Australia. Uh, I've trained with Ken Shamrock a few times here since I've been in Reno. And, you know, he made a recent run here uh, last year. He came back into TNA and got into the Hall of Fame. It's really cool to learn some things from him, learn some knee, knee bars and stuff like that. But uh, you, when he got back out there, he worked two shows, one uh, independent-wise, one in Atlanta and one in Melbourne. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's how Undertaker said his favorite matches out of the country were in Australia. I I would definitely love to check out that country down under. So, you know, there, there's so much, man. Uh, the, the guy that was driving me to my shows in Oakland every Friday of the month before uh, things were getting shut down, uh, El Chupacabra, Taylor Correa, he, uh, he would tell me he knows somebody that lives in China, Africa, England, all these countries, all these uh, crazy countries, not just Canada and Mexico and England. And they make a living doing professional wrestling and they're not on TV. So I know that it's possible to do it when it comes yeah, to, for sure. it's editing, you know, being, being a wrestler, but uh, I, I, you still, you're, you're looking for that contract. You want to, you want to be a big time, you know, you're, you're looking, you're looking for success. If you're not trying to win championships, if you're just trying to be on TV, uh, I don't want to be one of those guys. So if Tony Khan and Vinnie Mac came ringing tomorrow, who would you choose? AEW or WWE? Hmm. Probably go AEW. Why? Mix it up. Uh, you know, because you don't want to – see, I, I've been watching WWE as a kid. I feel like if you can't make it in AEW, you certainly couldn't make it in the global phenomenon right now of WWE. And I that's just me that. speaking right now. I just, I I'm just that. speaking – I'm, I'm speaking, you know, like 
I'm not saying anything, you know, it's just like uh, telling someone, hey, they're not bad, but they got potential to be either really, really bad or really, 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 really good. So I'm not, I'm not uh, hashing anything there, but I would definitely love to go down there and mix it up in AEW Dark, AEW, try to be kind of like Ben Carter, but not have the Seth Rollins, uh, you know, rub. And really, uh, I wouldn't, you know, because uh, seeing that big shoddy Lee, seeing Lee Johnson, seeing what they're doing down there, uh, yeah, I would really love to mix it up down there with them. But I, uh, yeah, you got you got to keep traveling. I'd love to, I'd love to get out there, and it, it would be amazing to just see how far you can go. So we're going to add uh, some of your matches in the description of the YouTube video. But for the people who's watching, listening through Spotify, and for the other podcasts, wrestling promotions, bookers, how can fans, how can they get in touch with you? What's, what's your social media? What's the best way to contact you? Well, to be less, you know, I got a Facebook, Neil Harper that people can look me up on. I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find on Twitter, uh, at Neil the Thrill 53. But uh, I'm always on PlayStation. You can find me on there. I don't have a Twitch yet, but I've wrestled on Twitch. Uh, so I'm trying to, you know, get, get it. Uh, I'm not big on the Patreons and all that stuff. I don't, I don't have an Instagram. I didn't really want to get an Instagram. Uh, it shot me in the foot now that it was how things have gotten and how huge Cloud is. And it'd be cool to be tagged in 5,000 different places, like, I, you know, if I would have kept up with it. But, hey, it's all there. None of the likes, none of that stuff I did, you know, it's it's uh, cool to have a Facebook. That's your directory of, around people you've met. But I'm not going to, you know, it, maybe one day when I need to, maybe one day if I have to, maybe one day if I get so pressured that I need to. But uh, just like how you were asking, what's my, uh, what's for the future? Uh, just to have more matches, just to, just just to keep wrestling, just to keep pursuing, and how it's how the sun's coming up, and I know that I'm going two hours away to Sacramento, a little north of today, to step in a new ring. Uh, yeah. uh, if 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 this makes any sense to you, the more times you see different colored ropes, it's just like feeling like you're at a different ballpark. It's just like feeling like you're at a different basketball court. You're feeling like you're doing something right. So, man, I'm feeling uh, the jitters right now, just wondering what color ring ropes they got up there. Do they all, of all the rings different? Because, like, I've never done no wrestling training in my life. I'd love to. Like, is it different? Like, when you take a bump on one, do they feel different or some smoother than others? That's a really good question, man. I learned that when I was in New England and uh, my roommate would walk around the ring before the show and, uh, you know, he was filling every board and filling every piece of wood. And that clicked with me because you'd see people like Ric Flair. You'd see old wrestlers before they lock up. They're kind of doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, you you want to check out uh, the field. You want to check out the canvas. You want to check out uh, where you're where you're performing, the environment, the layout, before uh, if you can, definitely before. Uh Every ring ropes are different right now. You know, I'm usually setting up the ring. I've been setting up it for a long time. Uh, you, uh, every ring rope is different. Every uh, 
you know, you could have a different ramp. You could you could be up up on the on the ring. Uh, that fall could be five feet, seven feet. So uh, to be in, I've been in a few battle royals to be in, you know, things like that where you have to be tossed over the top rope. Yeah, you wanna you wanna uh, I guess be very observant and know where you're at, know what you're doing, uh, position yourself, and uh, get a feel because hey, some ropes are tight makes you springboard a lot better some rings are some ring ropes are loose so you know you're probably just going to kind of keep it in the middle uh that ring can kill you a lot of people are you know all, all in awe of the chair shots and the tables and the ladders and the thumbtacks but it's uh that that wrestling ring itself is uh pretty dangerous my last and, question and, 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 and there's and there's different sizes you know there's eight by eight ten by tens you know you you can tell the WWE ring is uh, huge. I think that's like an 18 by 18 or, you know, it could be 24. I'm not sure, but. What uh, did you think yeah. to the TNA ring? Like the, the six, I think it was six side, the six sided one. The six sided ring. I really thought it was cool, man, because it made them different. It made them pop out. And I really liked how they could uh, uh, do different, do different spots, do different things. And you could see a different way of wrestling. And it kind of, you know, when I was a kid, you saw that, I saw that ring on the AAA network. I saw that on Telemundo. I saw that on the uh, Spanish networks, but you'd never really got the storytelling because you didn't even, I couldn't even understand the commentator. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, but, but then you see a six-sided ring in Orlando, you see a six-sided ring at the impact zone and you start seeing all these X division guys and all these heavyweight guys and you see the nostalgia pop, so it was really cool, man, to see that six-sided ring. I had a lot of TNA tape. What do you think it'd be like for you as a wrestler to perform in a six-sided ring? So I've seen a couple of um, former TNA wrestlers who said they absolutely hated it, and I've seen some saying it was the best thing ever. What, what do you think it'd be like performing in a ring like that? I definitely see where they're coming from because you've always worked in four corners. You've always worked in four sides easy to get comfortable to that, accommodated as that. Uh, it's all just a, one big uh, spotlight, one big Shakespeare. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I don't like the word hate. It's, it, it's a strong word. You know, I, I might strongly dislike it, but who knows, man. I've never been in an octagon, never been in a six-sided ring. So uh, I would definitely love to see how uh, different it is and how crazy it is uh, hopping off the ropes. My last question for you is, where did the thrill come from? What is the backstory to that? Well, I mentioned uh, that my dad, he wrote a poem, and at the end of it, it was, isn't that a thrill, Neil? And uh, that's kind of how he ended it. So that's where it stuck. And uh, coaches were calling me that when I was a kid. Uh, got around when I was in high school. It was just when I at pep rallies, that's how I'd get introduced out. So uh, that was uh, really, really, you know, kind of uh, my name. And then it was just so ironic when you go up to Massachusetts when you're 18, 19, and the first wrestler for you meet at a gym is named the One Man Thrill Ride. So we just kind of clicked instantly. And uh, a week later, I'm moving into this condo. So uh, that was really uh, the thrill comes from. Uh, my dad and his poem, but 
I've been you can't get stuck on one name. I lo I love that you, you go to all these independent places and they they experiment with you. They tell you to you know do get get try to get you out of your comfort zone. But uh, man, a professional wrestling is a beautiful thing. I hope it's opening up very very fast over there because uh, if they're looking for a white meat gritty just whatever they need utility player uh tell them you know a guy you know what you've been this is the most fun i've ever, i've only been doing this for a couple of moments but this is the most fun and i found this so interesting as well your stories thank you so much for coming on and i'm telling you people neil harper neil the thrill ride harper is gonna be a superstar and it's setting it's set i'm gonna add some of his match clips to a youtube video and i'm gonna put some on twitter as well neil thank you so much i found this so interesting i feel like i've learned something as well i want to go like try out at a wrestling school after this you've motivated and inspired me Hey, man, you never know who you'll meet when you get off the couch. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of road stories that uh, I've thought about. And uh, there, there, there's good times. There's bad times. But, hey, they're always fun. And when, when you get a fort passed by you by somebody uh, that's called the Sicilian psychopath and you're learning about these characters, man, that's stuff that you can't take away. You, uh, to, to, to watch things, to, to, to grow, and to do something that you wanted to be as a kid. Yeah, man, that's what it is, isn't it? Man. It's, you can't, you can't, you can't, it's an intangible, man. You can't go to college. I would, if, if there was a college course for it, I, I, I promise you I would have studied a lot more in high school and tried to get my GPA up. But no, I knew what I wanted to be, man. Neil DeFrilapa, this has been an absolute privilege. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you so much. And once again, can we just end it with your Twitter so people know where to go find you? Hey, I'm at NeilTheThrill53. Uh, you know, a lot of people in, in this world do things for attention, but uh, I try to get attention for the things that I do. There's a lot of guarantees in this world, but there's only one sure thrill, and that's Neil the Thrill. I love it. Liam, love Entertainment it. with Wrestling, I thank you uh, Highly, I appreciate it a ton. Uh, hopefully, I can talk with you guys later down the road. I'd love to catch catch up with you guys down the road. And uh, hey, man, have a wonderful day over there. You too. Thank you so much for coming on. And nothing but blessings for you. God bless you. God bless your family. Thank Stay you for safe. coming on, Neil. We appreciate you. God Thank bless. You. Thank you.